he was dating four women at the same time, like his ex, me, and then two other people that were in the country. Yeah, it was like wild. And then I dated this guy that was a club promoter, which by the way, if you're looking for red flags, club promoters, club promoter. whole red flag in itself. <laughs> It's just Madison today. Savannah couldn't make it, but I'm here with a very special guest, Sabrina Schlakowski from Pretty Sure Podcast. If you've ever felt alone, misunderstood, or like your story did not matter, I'm pretty sure you're in the right place right now with Sabrina's podcast, Pretty Sure, which dives into what it really means to turn your mess into your message and find the joy or lesson in life's ups and downs. Welcome, Sabrina. Hi, I'm very happy to do this. We've been having this on the books for like a while, but it never actually panned out. This has been a long time coming. Sabrina and I actually did an episode for her podcast. So that will be coming out probably. We did a live as well. Oh, and we did a live. That's right. So we have a lot of good stuff out there that you guys should check out. But Sabrina, I am so excited to bring you on. We have had like a Instagram friendship for a while now. Um, I've talked a lot about the ups and downs of dating and podcasting in general. So we have so much to get into. What I want to start with is a little bit about you. Can you give us your background and where you're at right now? Yeah, that's a great question actually to start with because I have so many things to say, but I'll make it concise because I could go on for hours just talking about that. So I am Mexican-German. I was born in Mexico. My dad's German, but I lived in the States, which is why I speak English like an American, which confuses a lot of people. It's really funny to me, especially when I'm in France uh, because I currently live in Paris. But like I was just telling you before we started the episode, I have finally decided after eight years to leave Paris and I'm setting my sights on Toronto. Toronto, Canada. So Toronto men out there listening, firecrackers coming your way. (laughs) Yes, uh, get prepared, right? Uh, But yeah, I used to work in fashion. So I did everything you can imagine in fashion, worked behind the scenes in fashion shows, showrooms, did magazines, shootings, all the things. Left that life then got into media, hated it, got into beauty. It was nice, but there was something missing. And I started my business last year, but it uh, didn't go quite as planned. It turns out branding is not the thing that I'm passionate about. Podcasting was, but it wasn't working out either. Randomly, I stumbled upon confidence, and that's kind of what I'm doing. But it is taking a backseat because I can't focus on moving countries and continents and also having a business. So for now, it's on the back burner. But yeah, I'm enjoying life right now. Uh, A fun fact that you should know that's very relevant for this episode is I've officially been single for going on eight years uh, this July. Yeah, I mean, not that I've been, you know, not dating around, not having flings and all the things, but like officially like taking someone home to meet my parents, meeting their parents. Yeah, it's been it's been eight years. I love the long-term single life, Sabrina. We have talked about this. I also <laughs> have embraced the long-term single life. I think I might have you be I think it might be technically nine years since I've had a quote unquote boyfriend. I've had like many relationships in that time, but not like a like you said, boyfriend, go home meet the parents, meet their parents, all of that. So um, I feel you. It is wild. But but we're going to get into this. I think we can both relate to complete self-confidence and really just like building yourself up, finding that self-worth within yourself, which is pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I don't know for you, but for me, it's been a whole journey because I feel like I've gone through all the stages, right? So I went through the slutty phase of 
I'm going to go out with as many guys as possible and like sleep Uh around and like get Uh all the experiences. And then I'm going to go through the phase of I only want to have friends with benefits because I don't want anyone to have my heart. And then I went through the phase of why am I so ugly that no (laughs) one wants me? My life sucks because I'm single and I don't have a boyfriend to I'm going to be single forever. Fuck this. I'm just going to adopt cats or dogs or whatever (laughs) it is. I'm allergic to cats to where I'm finally at now where I'm like, okay, I know that I had stuff to deal with. I'm great now. I'm still, you know, improving life and everything, but I'm ready to find the partner that's going to be good for me. But the main difference, you can tell me if this has happened to you too, is beforehand, I saw a very problematic desire that was, I want my other half. And now I'm like, I don't want my other half. I want someone that we can both build off of, right? Which I think was the most important distinction of these past eight years for me. Oh, Sabrina, I feel that so hard. I think we talked about this maybe last season, but this idea of being whole all by yourself and that you're looking for your equal, like you said, to walk forward in life with you kind of hand in hand as a partner versus a missing piece of you that you need to complete yourself to find happiness and finding that happiness within yourself, which I think is a really important lesson for all of us. Yeah, but it's hard to get there, especially because if you look at the movies and everything, they're all like, ah, he completes me. And it's like, "Mm." oh, man, this could be a whole separate podcast, but I have a lot of thoughts. Tell me what you think. I grew up loving Disney, loving the Disney princesses. And I think they kind of set us up for failure because that is just not how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I do have to say my own parents, they've kind of set me up to have this a little bit unrealistic idea of love because I'm just going to give you the like short, concise version. But basically, my dad met my mom when she was engaged to someone else. He didn't know. And mm-hmm. like the minute he saw her, he was like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. Wow. Yeah. She ended up not getting married to the guy because the guy ended up being like very like unreliable, chose uh, his family over her. They were a little bit racist. She went Mm. back. They met up. He did. My dad did everything to get her out on a date because he was a real playboy. You know, he had a girlfriend for every different night, begged (laughs) her for like six months, then tricked her into going out with him and then gave her a ring. The first date they had. Oh, God. This is. This is not for you to be afraid. It's just me telling you that I'm all in. So if we do want to build something together, like just know that this is serious. And they got married six months later and they've been together for like 27 years, 28. So yeah, it's I've had this unrealistic idea of love my whole life, (laughs) which now I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. We have to we have to unpack this a little bit. So when your dad saw your mom, like slow motion in a movie, she whipped her hairs in slow motion, waving in the background. What was it that he felt? Was it just a feeling or or what hit him he's not very expressive about it the times that he said so it's just he's like I I just knew like I saw her and I knew she was my person like I just I knew it was gonna happen I was like but she was engaged like what the hell how are you so convinced and he was like I just I knew I had this feeling wow intuition and what about your mom when did she know that your dad was the one for her so after they got married actually So yeah, they got married. My mom was a little bit older. She was 39. She's probably going to kill me for saying this story because she hates me talking about her, but whatever. It's part of my story too. So they got married when they were 38. They had me when they were 39. 
it was kind of like she sees it as her last chance, but she was still in love with the other guy. Right. So she was very honest with my dad. She was like, listen, I'm still in love with the other guy, but like I find you very interesting and like we get along. And my dad, bless his heart, he was like, you know what? That's fine. Like I'm so convinced that you're going to be the woman for me that I will spend the rest of my life convincing you or like showing you that, you know, I'm the wow. right person. Yeah. And then I guess a couple of years after she fell madly in love heels with him. But yeah. They got oh married when she was still in love with the other guy. And I'm like, what is life? That is wild. That should be a movie. You should write this. <laughs> I should pitch it to like you Warner should. Brothers or something. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I want to dive into your relationship history a little bit. Oh dear God. So <laughs> I know you have some interesting stories. Isn't there a story with a guy with like fingernails? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have to get into that. But first, just give us, I don't want to dive into this too much because we've talked about it on your episode, but tell us a little bit about your last relationship and what you learned from that experience. Yeah. So my last one was the one that kind of broke me. It was the last guy I officially dated. I think I was, I had just turned 18. It was very, very, very horrible. He was very egocentrical. It was a narcissistic relationship. He was gaslighting. It was, it was not pretty. It was not nice. I just became kind of like a shell of myself because at the time, I hadn't gotten over my first ex. I hadn't, you know, done the self-worth. I hadn't done all of the exploration and all of the things. And so I was really focused on this guy has to like me. And like, if he doesn't like me as I am, I'm going to change so that my boyfriend actually loves me, you know? So I like dyed my hair blonde because he was into blondes. I would go to the gym very often and like try to have a smaller waist because like mm-hmm. that was sexier. That was like more Latino, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it ended really, really badly. Actually, my mom had to kind of like step in because it was just getting so bad. I was like crying all the time because he was very jealous and he was like very controlling. It was like really really not a pretty situation. But when you're in it, you're kind of like so in it that you're like, everything's fine. Yeah, and, then you, yeah, and then you leave and you're like, what the actual hell was that? Like, who was I? So from that, you know, I years later finally realized that I learned, first of all, what I don't ever want to happen again in a relationship. I learned, you know, how to see some red flags and some signs that shouldn't be there. I learned that you have to put yourself first. You have to actually love yourself if you want someone to love you back because you can't put it all on the other person. And, you know, sometimes it's okay if things don't work out. They're just not meant to be and you shouldn't force it. And it's not the last chance you'll ever get. So yeah, I learned a lot of things. It definitely stuck around. I feel like that's also part of the reason why for the past eight years, I've been looking for unavailable men mm-hmm. rather than actually looking for the nice guys, the ones that would want to date me and everything. So yeah, for the past eight years, just looking for unavailable men because I was like, I know that. That's safe for me. So yeah, it's been the whole process of unlearning for the past two, three years that I realized that. We've talked about this before, Sabrina, but I feel like we're twins in other countries. Like we've had very similar life experiences down to like our struggles with acne. It's like pretty crazy. But I think what you said really stands out to me about dating or looking for emotionally unavailable men. And it never, I was never consciously like, oh, he's emotionally unavailable, but it'd always be like this kind of unrequited like crush. Or if there was like a nice guy who's really into me, I was like, oh no, like he, he treats me too well. Like it's too stable. Like, no, no, that's not for me. I don't want him to like put me on a pedestal. And 
it took it took therapy for me to be like, oh, like maybe I'm a little emotionally unavailable. Maybe it's on me a bit from these past experiences and like protecting myself as a protective barrier to not be open to love. But through your experiences, through these realizations, you have been doing some online dating. So have you noticed a difference in who you're attracting? That is a great question. So yes and no. So I've still had to do a lot of work this year and just like over the past couple of months because while I had learned those big lessons back in the day, so two years ago when I first realized about it, I hadn't fully, fully gotten to the conclusion of, holy shit, I'm actually not open to it just yet. It was just until I got this manifestation and mindset course recently that I realized, oh, it's, it's all because of that X, right? Like I never thought I was good enough. I never thought all of these things. And you're going to laugh about this because I feel like every time we talk, it's like, oh, I'm talking to some other new guy. and like, this is happening. <laughs> so the time when we released, when we recorded the episode on your end, I was telling you how I was talking to this guy that was uh, from Switzerland and whatever. And then I think I texted you two days later and I was like, nope, he ghosted me. We've never yeah. talked again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that guy and then I met another guy that we were talking that also ghosted until I actually realized what the hell I was doing. And so now I'm at the point where I definitely think I myself am pushing the unavailable men away. Mm. Like if I'll find them, I'll be like, I don't think that's – no, like you are you have something that I don't like. I feel like it's not okay. And I'm much more vocal about what I want, right? Like I'm not afraid to say, hey, I'm actually looking for a relationship. Like, I don't know if you've used Clubhouse. I'm obsessed with Clubhouse. You know, I've met so many friends on there. I've just met so many acquaintances, um, love interests, et cetera. Oh. And so – yeah, it's it's actually uh, – I think it will become eventually like a dating app because people oh, – wow. like you meet people organically. Yeah. And so it's like you talk to them and so you get to know them and then you kind of want to date them. But like I'm going on a tangent. Back to my original <laughs> point being I am much more open now to say – these are all of my parts, right? I'm talking more about my story. I'm talking more about like, yeah, I've been single for like eight years, but you know what? I've learned, I've matured. And now what I want is this, right? Like I'm very clear on what I want. I want a relationship. I don't want to settle for anything less. I want a guy that's ready for that. Yeah. We might not get married. I'm not saying like, I'm going to marry the next guy I date. Like, no, (laughs) I want to get to know them. And I am realizing that I'm trying to fix those patterns and go slow. I used to be the type of person that would just go really fast, get in bed really easily, quickly, because that's, you know, one of my love languages, touch and intimacy and all those things. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, Sabrina, get to know the men, like actually ask them questions, get to know their values. Because looking back, I never knew if my ex-boyfriends, you know, supported women's rights or like if they liked gays or anything. I was just like, oh, he's hot. Like he likes me. It's fine. Let's, mm-hmm. let's start a relationship. And then after we broke up, I was like, oh, holy shit, they didn't support any of the values that I had. Like no wonder it didn't work out, you know? I look back at like the guys I dated in high school and I would never, never, they're nice guys. Like this is not slander against them, but like I would never date them. They're the opposite of my type now, but it's just funny how it changes. And when you're 17, 18, you know, when you're young, you're not really thinking about, oh, do they support women's rights? Would they be okay with me having a career and staying, you know, working full time, raising a family? Like that's just not where you're at in life. So it is funny how it changes as you get older. Yeah. But you mentioned, Sabrina, red flags for emotionally unavailable guys, and I want to get into that with you. So what are some signs for people to look out for when dating for emotionally unavailable people? 
So one that I realized just recently with talking to the guy that I'm talking to now, not saying he has red flags, but the opposite. I, as I said, used to go really fast, really quick. So I was the type of person that if a guy was like, oh my God, I really like you, like whatever, we're going to start doing these things after the first date and whatever, I'd be like, oh my God, he's so into me, right? Like this is perfect. Like we're going to start a relationship and whatnot. And then that was a red flag I now see where they wanted to go too quick, too fast, that they were already envisioning this like, yeah, let's go out on like 50 dates and whatnot, where they didn't even get the chance to like know me or to talk to me or anything because we kept it super superficial. And so this new guy that I'm talking to, because of geographic locations, we can't fucking meet up. Like, we can't do anything until wherever I end up, like, we might be able to meet up, right? So it's forced me to look at things. And instead of me being frustrated that, oh, my God, this is going too slow, like, whatever, I'm not getting to know him. Now I'm thinking, but you're actually building something, right? It's not like, let's go. Like, it's not intimacy 101 in two seconds, and then you're good to go. It's like, You need to get to know if you actually like them, like how they react to things, how they are when you're not there and all of the things. So definitely a red flag that I now notice is when men want to go too quickly, too fast. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. better to kind of like slow dating. Like I I personally don't love it, but I'm trying to because it's bringing back the whole thing of like getting to know men. So that's one of the red flags. I think a second red flag is someone not knowing what they want you know, being very indecisive because then it's probably they haven't dealt with what they had in the past. They're maybe still hung up on their ex-girlfriend or they're not in the time of their life where they can actually commit to something, not necessarily, again, marriage, but just to dating or to getting to know someone. And this, I realized with this other guy that I was talking to previously, because he came on strong he came on like hitting on me and like all the things and then ghosted and then now he's back but like as a friend type of thing because we are in a lot of like clubhouse rooms together and whatnot but now it's different right the thing the whole dynamic has changed but when I first was into him I didn't realize oh he's coming on too strong I liked the attention I liked the Uh oh you're so hot like you look really good and etc etc and I was like oh course thank you (laughs) you know so all of those things I feel red flags are also if they can only compliment you on looks if they don't ever compliment you on anything personality wise for the first time ever a guy recently told me like I was interested in he's like I'm so proud of you and I was like wow I was like, okay. wait, what? <laughs> sorry, what? Say that again. <laughs> I was like, wait, you're like, you're not my dad, but you're telling me you're proud. I'm sorry, <laughs> what is happening right now? And so you don't realize how those things are so much more like so much nicer because they see you, right? It's like they're actually getting to know and looking towards who you are on the inside and all, everything, and not just oh, you're attractive or oh, you look good, you have great hair, right? It's almost like it means 10 times more. No, 100%. I know the last guy, which you know about, who I was pretty much in a relationship with, but not with official titles, who was a narcissist. It was always, yeah, physical compliments or how I made him feel, which at the Mm -hmm. time I was like, oh, I make you feel good. Or like, you know, you love physical touch. Like, that's great. But it was never about like me as a person, my personality, my skill sets, saying you're proud. I mean, I guess you would, but it wasn't genuine. And I think it took Mm -hmm. me a while to pick up on that. But those are some really great red flags. And I think that segues for us into 
when online dating goes wrong. <laughs> we talked about this. My mom and I recently found the show Dirty John, which is on Netflix, which is basically a true crime series about when love goes wrong, when relationships start really strong and promising, but then turn bitter fast. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, we both do online dating. A lot of our listeners have done online dating and we haven't really talked about like safety measures to take or, you know, if something uh, doesn't pan out the way that you're hoping it would. So let's get into that a little bit. Have you ever had any bad dates where it was kind of scary or you needed to get away from someone or I know it's not like a fun topic, but I think it's important for us to talk about it. Yeah. So I did have one. Well, actually, no, the second one wasn't technically I was afraid. It was just like, oh God, this is a terrible date. But I did have one where I just did not like the guy at all. And it was like a little bit sketchy. So this was back in my uh, very slutty phase uh, when I had first moved to Paris. My first two years, I was still getting over that guy. And so I always used to talk to people for a couple of days before meeting up with them. And for whatever reason, that day, this guy and I had started talking and he's like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, screw that. I'm going to go out with him. Like, whatever. Let's test it out. Let's test this new theory out. Like YOLO, right? <laughs> so I went out with this guy. He We met somewhere. He picked me up and then we drove to like the bar of his choice because he was like, oh, I know exactly where to take you. Mind you, it was like absolutely not my style. I think if he would have actually paid attention to like the an hour chat that we had over text messages, he might have realized that that was definitely not the place to bring me. It was like the sketchiest bar in life. It was like student slimy type of thing that you go and you're like 17 and you don't have money and you like buy, I don't even know, beer out of cups, whatever. Like it was (laughs) a horrible place, but I think it was more of like an underground music scenario. Got it. Definitely not my type of thing, not my cup of tea. Went there anyway. I had told him I don't drink beer, and then the only thing they had was, like, super cheap, horrible wine. So I drank that, and, like, throughout the night, it didn't last that long. I think we were just there for, like, an hour because I pretended that I needed to go home to study. It was terrible. I was texting the time one of my ex situationships because I wanted to meet up with them. I was not far from their home. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I have to go to bed. Um, Yeah, can can we, like, pay and leave? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, cool. We'll have a great night. I'm going to take the metro. And he's like, no, no, I'll drive you home. And I was like, no, I'll, I'll take the metro. Like, I, I know where we are, you know, not wanting to say, yeah, so I'm actually going to go meet up with this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's fine. And he was like, no, I'm taking you home because, like, you know, it's late and whatnot and this area is sketchy. And I'm like, but I'm not asking you to. And at the time, I wasn't as verbal as I am now to be like, no, dude, like, I'm going home yeah. by myself. I was just like, fuck, okay, fine. I'm going to say yes because I was a people pleaser. So I said yes, got in the car, and then he was like, oh, yeah, you remember I, – I think I remember where you told me you lived. And I was like, I don't think I ever told you where I lived, but okay. I was like, this is kind of sketchy. Oh, no. And so I kept saying, like, you know what? It's totally fine. Like, you can just drop me off at the next metro. Just, like, bring me close. It's fine. Like, there's traffic. You need to get home. He's like, no, no, I'll bring you all the way. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I was like, I want where I live. <laughs> And so midway, I was just being really quiet and uncomfortable. And he goes, you know what? I have to tell you something. And I was like, oh, dear Jesus, what are you going to tell me? And he's like, you are single because you are afraid of love. You are so closed off. You're being a bitch. You're this and that. And like, that is why you're not going to find love because I'm a very nice guy. And like, you're not giving me a chance. You're cutting this night short. And I was like, (laughs) 
what do you happening? say to that except fuck you and let me get out of I was here. like, what is happening right now? I was like, um, I okay, that's those are your thoughts. And so I said, you know what? I'm actually getting down here. So there's the red light. Peace out. Thanks. So I left. At this time, it was too late for the other guy. I couldn't meet up with him anymore, so I just went home. And then the next day, this dude still texted me, and he's like, oh, I was thinking of you. Here's a song for you. Never replied. And then he kept texting me, and he's like, oh, so you're too good for me. You're too good to respond, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, dear Jesus, like, imagine if you would have actually taken me home. Like, that would have been, like, stalker 101 material. That is terrifying. So do you think he actually knew where you lived? Do you think he had looked it up? He knew the area. Because I think at the time okay. it was this whole Tinder scandal where you could triangulate where someone lived. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was like very unsafe at the time. So that's that were, that's where my thoughts were. I was like, shit, he might actually know where I live. That – gosh, I have chills. That is terrifying. I'm so glad you got out. I'm glad that you're okay. That guy sucks. <laughs> Fuck him. But it does make you think, you know – because I've had a couple situations too. It's more in Pennsylvania where I am now than New York because I would just like take the subway to meet people most times. Yeah. But I had a couple instances where the guy would either pick me up or I'd go meet him. And then, you know, like things would be shut down early. So would be like, oh, we can just like go for a drive in my car. And at the time I was like, yeah, of course, that's fine. I just have so many friends and so many experiences with bad car situations do not get into somebody's car unless you trust them unless you know them i'm just putting it out there i wish i could go back and tell you know past me this because you just don't know and you don't have control when you're in somebody else's vehicle you don't know what could happen yeah uh, but i'm very glad that you're here and you're okay oh my god and, same for you <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so scary yeah so with Dirty John, the premise is that it's this woman. She's a little bit older. She's 59. She's had four marriages, four divorces, and she's looking for love. She meets this guy who on paper is like the perfect guy. He's a doctor. He is like a war veteran from Iraq, all this stuff. And then it quickly goes south. And when she finds out that he's lying about everything, he has multiple restraining orders for past stalking and harassment, all this crazy stuff. It just makes you think, like, have I gone out with a serial killer or a sociopath? Maybe. I did a lot of dating in New York. Maybe I did. (laughs) It does make you think, like, you don't really know who you're sitting across from at a table drinking your cheap glass of wine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually really scary. That's the thought that's crossed my mind too because, you know, I've dated a lot of crazy men. Like I've – I'm just going to put it out there. Like I have, you know, two of the ex-situationships I had. One of them uh, turns out he had a girlfriend at the same time he was together with me for like six months. Nobody knew. The second one, you know, he was dating four women at the same time, like his ex, me, and then two other people that were in the country. Yeah, it was like wild. And then I dated this guy that was a club promoter, which, by the way, if you're looking for red flags, club promoters, club promoter. whole red flag in <laughs> itself. But I thought the guy was interesting, thought the guy was nice, decent. He wasn't like your regular slimy, douchey club promoter. Dated for a while. He had just broken up with like his ex. Turns out I don't actually think they had just broken up. I don't even know, like a weird situation. But I stopped responding to him because – He just like was uninterested. So my whole thing, for example, with friends with benefits is we're friends before we have the benefits, right? Mm -hmm. So like act as a normal human and like have a conversation with me. Don't just text me like, hey, you up like cucumber or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm not – I'm not like this girl of the night or whatever that you can – whatever. So with him, I was being annoyed and I promise I have a point. 
I was annoyed because I would be like, oh, I just came back from vacation. And he'd be like, cool. So you ready to meet me tonight? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I had a great vacation. Thanks for asking. Sure. I'm not exhausted at all. Let's go meet up to have sex, you know? Really weird, dude. And so I stopped responding and he became really aggressive. He started like texting me these like really long paragraphs. And then at one point he was like, I'm so glad that this didn't work out because you know what? You're a girl. And I realized that I want an actual woman, you know, someone that's nice and that they know what they want and like all these things. And I'm like, if you want a response out of me, that's like not going to get me to text you back. And then like two hours later, he'd message something along the lines of, please let me know if like we can still hang out. I really want to see you. Like, I think I love you. And I'm like, you just told me two hours ago that you, you know, you were, what's it called? I was, I was just a girl and you were looking for a woman. So I ended up <laughs> blocking him. Didn't respond. Went back home to Mexico for a month. Came back. I went out with my friends. And this is an important part. He called me from a different phone number that I didn't recognize. And of course, I responded because I was like, okay, this is a normal person, right? So I was I was looking at the job app. I was looking for a job at the time. So I responded. And I was like, hey. And he's like, oh, so you're back now. You actually responded. And I was like, who is this? Because you apparently know me. Oh, and now you're pretending not to know me. That's cute, Sabrina. And I was like, oh, dear Jesus, it's this dude. And I was like, oh, hi, you changed your number. And he's like, yeah, I changed it because you didn't respond. So I put it as private. So you would actually respond to me. And I was like, oh, haha, fun. Well, actually, I'm busy right now. So um, let's chat another time. And he's like, will you call me after your day is over so that we can chat? Because I feel like you owe me an explanation. I was like, haha, sure. I'll call you later. Blocked him. Then the story oh continues. Gosh. I downloaded Viber because I was supposed to send some pictures to a friend uh, from fashion and she didn't have WhatsApp. I don't even know. It was like a weird thing. So I downloaded Viber and at the time they would let people that had your phone number know that you had downloaded it. And apparently he had a Viber and he hadn't deleted my phone. So next thing you know, I start getting these ch- messages being like, oh, you, I'm so glad that you're back on here. I just wanted to let you know, like you're a prostitute, all these things. And he like sent me back one of the sexy pictures I had sent him at the time. And he's like, you're such a slut. You're such a this, you're such a that. And I was like, holy shit, this guy saved my sexy pictures. Like, oh, this is so gosh. creepy. I was what like, do you do in that situation? Like, that's the worst feeling in the world to feel like you gave that to him in tr- like a trusting situation. And then he's throwing it back at you. That's awful. I was like, I was literally like, oh my god, what what happens if you like post it on the internet? Yeah. Like my mom's going to see it. That was like my first thought. I was like, Jesus Christ, my mom's going to see it. And like, it wasn't your regular sexy pic. Like it was a spicy, saucy one. So I was like, oh God, this is so awkward. I freaked out. Um, My friends calmed me down. I just like blocked him. And I was like, listen, there's nothing I can do if my pictures end up on the internet. Like nothing. No face, no case. No face, no case. Lesson learned. (laughs) That is no. I I've had some bad experiences with that too. I my advice to people is just don't do it unless you're married with children. Don't do it. Even then, I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> That's why I had to get rid of Snapchat because I'd be at work and I'd be like getting a, a innocuous Snapchat or so I thought at ten in the morning, and then a fun little surprise. And I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. Getting rid of Snapchat so people can't use it as a valid form of communication. You can text me or. 
don't reach out at all. Um, That's scary. So after you blocked him for like the third time, did he reach out again or was that the last you heard of him? finally. It's the last I heard of him. That – that's some dirty John. And he knew where I lived because he had come to my apartment multiple times and like knew the code and everything. So I was legit at some point even afraid of like what happens if he shows up at my doorstep one day like – it's terrifying. Didn't, thankfully, but yeah. Didn't put past him to do it. So I was like, oh, dear God. That's, that's uh, when I really reevaluated. And I was like, Sabrina, <laughs> you've made some very questionable choices in the men you've dated. Like, you need a timeout, dude. <laughs> so, Listen, we've all been there. <laughs> I took a timeout, yeah. Okay, I, I want to hear the fingernail story, though, because this is a good one. This oh, my God. a lighter note. <laughs> that guy, yeah. So we had been talking on this new app called The League. It had just launched in Paris. I had finally gotten in it. We were chatting. I thought he was, like, a decent guy because he was, like, a little older. He was a lawyer, I think. I was like, okay, well, he's vetted. Like, he's supposed to be okay. So we went out on this date and, you know, the viewers can't see right now, but like I have long nails. Like right now they're colored, they're but they're actually mine. So they're like really long. At the time, it was just like a transparent nail polish because I hadn't had time before the date to do them. So we're on this date, we're having a drink, and then I think I wanted to grab something and I did like the nails on the table, but by accident, I was just like, bam, and he cringed and he was like, what was that? And I'm like, oh, sorry, they were my nails. I was trying to grab something, but I was like too quick. And he's like, can I see them? And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I was, like, very excited that a guy asked about my nails. And I was like, yeah, here you go. Like, they're real. Can you believe it? And he's like, do you want me to lend you a nail clip? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. Like, if you don't have one, I can definitely lend you one. Because, like, I don't know if you know, but here in Paris or in France, they're not – like, women are not supposed to have long nails because only prostitutes use long nails. And I was like, you know, like, cringy, awkward moment where you're like – I don't know I how no to words. respond to that. I have that. no words for this. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, so I've never had anyone tell me they suck. So, yeah. Obviously, I couldn't leave and stand up because we had just ordered a second drink. And I was like, well, shit, now I have to drink the second drink. I was like, okay, I'm just going to brush past this, going to make the most out of this night, like finish my drink and then leave. So we were finishing up the second drink. We were still talking. And I was like, okay, well, I'm about to go. But I have this tendency, even in French, to say – F, like the F word and like the, you know, shit and all of those things, but the F word specifically, I just like it. I like how it sounds. I don't see anything wrong with it. And I don't like to curse in French because I don't feel like it's my thing. And so I said that a couple of times during the night and then he just looks at me and he's like, why do you curse in English? That's so weird. And I was like, oh, because the curse words in French like sound very foreign to me. Like I just don't like them. He's like, well, yeah, but you say them a lot. And I don't think it's pretty ladylike for you to say that. Uh. And I was like, okay, this date is over. Like I'm actually leaving. And I was like, yeah, can we get the bill? Because I actually have to go home. He's like, yeah, sure. So he paid. We were exiting the restaurant. And then he was like, so do you want to get a nightcap in my place it's like five minutes away from here and I just stared at him and I was like for real after everything you've said tonight do you still think I have a chance like the audacity dude I was like no I'm leaving I'm taking the bus it's actually here so have a good night and he was like okay your loss and I was like these guys are so rude. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so all of these stories, Sabrina, are they Frenchmen? Or are they from various backgrounds, nationalities? They've mostly been Frenchmen. 
they've been mixed for sure. So that promoter guy was half Serbian. The ex that had four girlfriends, he was full French. The guy that dated two people at the same time, he was half Italian. And yeah, I've dated a bunch of mixed race people here in, in, in France, but they've all been half French, like half French, half something. So I've arrived to the conclusion that I definitely do not want to date Frenchmen ever again after eight years of being here. That's why you're going to Canada to all the nice guys. That's why I'm going to Canada so they can be like, sorry. And so they can be like, a, and so they can, you know, (laughs) be nice. They can take you. Yeah. To Tim Hortons or whatever. Yeah. Funny story. I did date a Canadian guy. He was half Canadian, half South African. He was a fuck boy, but yeah. This past year, so during COVID in 2020, you went back home. You were in Mexico City, right? Yeah. Were you dating at all during that time or did you just take a complete break from it? I was not. I was talking to people. So I was doing the virtual thing. I was chatting and texting, but it never led to anything, never led to any FaceTime dates. I have yet to have a FaceTime date with someone. Yeah, it was just like not conducive to anything. I also have an aversion to Mexican men in general because, you know, I've had three heartbreaks from Mexican guys. So I'm kind of like at this point, like, I don't know if I want to date them. And I just found it really hard because the minute that I told them, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, they would kind of like stop talking to me. Mm. So I also felt like what's even the point to talk to these people like if I have to lie about who I am so that we can continue the chat right or like not even mention it and yeah I don't know I didn't date anyone I definitely took a break I wasn't closed off to it I just I wasn't in the right mindset I was you know a little bit miserable back there I don't like the city where my parents are at and I was figuring life out you know my parents were like soon you're gonna have to go back and decide what you want to do because we can't keep supporting you so like you have to figure the shit out and I was like, oh, God, you know, like starting a relationship with someone doing that, I can't. And like my business wasn't working out. I was going through this whole mindset shift of like your past, like your life has been a lie. You know, like most of your traumas or whatever have come from like when you were a child, the love that you didn't receive, bullying, et cetera, et cetera. And so all these things I was like, I, I can't deal with dating men. Yeah. Even yeah. nowadays, like, when I look at my dating profiles, of course I still have them, but I'm like, oh, dear God, I don't want to respond to this person. I'm like, oh, I don't want to respond to that person. So I would inadvertently ghost people without noticing because then I'd be like, oh, damn, I didn't respond for, like, two weeks. Oh, well, I think that's, like, over. I have just done that as well, which is not good because we talk about ghosting on here and how you shouldn't do it. But I do think you get to a period where you're just so overwhelmed by the apps and responding, especially when you're on multiple apps. So I think currently I had uh, Hinge, Bumble, The League. I think those were the three. And it's just a lot. It's a lot to keep up with. It's a lot when, you know, you're going through transitions. Like you said, you're going through this big move soon, career switch, a lot of big things. You don't have time for these fuckboys and they're – craziness no no yeah especially because no one no one really wanted to get to know you right they were just like oh want to get into your pants quickly and I'm like I'm I'm not here for that like I actually want to take the time which is why with like this person that I'm talking to you about it's nice and refreshing because it's like okay we're taking it slow because we don't have a chance like a choice we don't know what's gonna happen but like it's also kind of exciting which is why I'm actually giving it time and I'm like responding and doing all the things because I'm like well it's different like I've heard them speak I've like known a little bit about what they're about it's not the same as like hey you're cute like let's go out one of these days and like that's all you know about the guy you know 
So is this person, is he in Paris or where is he based? No. So I'm not entirely sure if he's going to listen to this. So I don't know if I want to disclose where he is because he'll probably know. But he is in an English-speaking country. country. (laughs) In near the States. Okay. Ooh, okay. So you haven't done any like FaceTime dates. Have you seen him on camera or it's all been like through, is it through Clubhouse? It's been through Clubhouse. It's been through Instagram. It's been through voice messages and texts and like I guess from his Instagram pictures. We haven't done a FaceTime because, and I totally get where he's coming from. It's not a red flag. He had a past situation with like a past relationship where it didn't turn out the way he wanted. And so I feel like he has this aversion to online things. Because, you know, we keep talking about it and he's always like, oh, when you come over, like, oh, whenever we do meet, like, this is going to happen. So it's not like a we're never meeting up, but it's like a whenever this happens situation. And so, yeah, it's – let's see what happens. Not rushing anything. We're friends. It's all good. Open to finding love wherever it finds me. I still have this dream of, like, eventually meeting someone on a plane, but – Doesn't necessarily have to be, right? Imagine, like, a movie you met on a plane and then – doesn't have to be though. Like I'm open for anything that happens. I'm just, I'm ready, but I'm also not looking if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, like if <laughs> they find me, yeah, if they find me, that's great. But if I go out looking, I will actually die because there's just so much happening in my mind right now. I can't. You don't have time for that. No. And you know what? You shouldn't. You should prioritize yourself, your business, your happiness. Have fun. My yes. last month here in Paris. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so fun. So, I guess, Sabrina, to close out this episode, and we've talked about a lot of great advice that you've had to share with us, but if you could go back to maybe your your teenage self and offer one big piece of advice when it comes to dating and love, what would that be? That's a good one. So the biggest one I think I would give anyone and myself particularly is make sure you choose as much as they choose. Because I used to be the type of girl that was like, oh, this guy's giving me attention. Okay, now I'm intrigued. Like, I like them, I think. And I would convince myself that I like them. Like, I would even go through all the hoops and everything, and then I would actually like them, and then it would crumble, and I'd be, like, devastated because I was like, oh, my God, this guy didn't accept me, and yada, 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 back to self-worth. Whereas if from the beginning I would have stopped to think, am I interested, like, is he working for it or am I the one doing the working? Which is ironic because that's what I have to tell myself right now. But, you know, it always happens. I'm great at giving advice, not great at taking it. That's always how it goes. <laughs> so if I were to say anything is make sure you're doing the one choosing as well and not just being chosen because it does make a difference. And really listen to yourself. You don't have to settle, like, absolutely ever on anything. If you want the, I don't know, Prince Charming on a horse, whatever, put it out there to the universe and it'll come. If that's not your cup of tea and you want, like, the Christian Grey, put it out to the universe (laughs) and they'll come for you. You know, like, whatever your desire is, just don't be afraid to weed out the men, women, non-binary, whatever it is that you feel we're attracted to because, oh, they're the last people that I'll going to get, you know, like this is the last relationship I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. This is the last mm-hmm. man, woman that's going to give me the attention. So yeah, that's, that would definitely be the number one thing I would tell her. And it probably would have saved me from a lot of heartbreak. 
what is that? I think it's called like the scarcity mindset and this idea of, yes, just like you said, there's never going to be anybody else or I need to hop into a relationship now because time is ticking for me. And I think once you flip that and you're like, no, no, to your point, I'm the fisherman in this situation. There are plenty of fish out there. I'm going to select the best one for me. It completely changes the game. And I think there is something about the energy that you put out there into the universe and to like the people you're dating and they can tell, they can tell when you're confident and you're like, you know what, if you're not giving me what I need communication wise, uh, physically, et cetera, et cetera, there's plenty of you out there and I'm not bothered by it. And I think that is a game changer. So I love that advice. Yeah. Oh my God. I wouldn't have dated that narcissistic ex-boyfriend if I would have listened to myself. (laughs) It only takes one though. It only takes one narcissist for you to be like, oh wow. Oh wow. I deserve so much better. I'm never accepting less than I deserve again, period. Yeah. 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 That's well, <laughs> my drop. <laughs> I'm drinking water, but cheers to you. <laughs> cheers, cheers to, to you that. too and to the future. I'm so excited for your plans and everything. Thank you. Thank you. So Sabrina, where can people find you? Where can they find Pretty Sure Podcast? Yeah. So the best way to find me is through my Instagram is at that girl Sabrina. Um, literally like who's that? That girl Sabrina. At that girl Sabrina. <laughs> Always posting on their stories. You can send me a message if you want to be a guest, if you want to learn more about confidence, if you just want to be my friend. If you want to slide into the DMs, definitely open. But be creative, please. I don't want any, hey, how's it going? Because I will not respond. <laughs> and the podcast, it's available everywhere. You know, it's on iTunes, Spotify. You just have to Google it as a pretty sure podcast. But if you go on to my Instagram, it's there on the link and you can just check it out. And I would love to hear what you guys think of it. So yeah, make sure to listen to it. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can leave us a rating and review at Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow us at Pod and keep up with Sabrina. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.